Information is changed the most interesting of ways. When it passes from person to person, for example, it gets altered slightly until it becomes something separate from the original message. When a fellow radio station hacks your airspace and then alters your words, information is conveyed in a interesting and false way. But of course, fellow radio stations would never do that. They would never force a poor little station to code the messages they wish to send to the meager few who follow them. No, that would never happen here between the clouds. On the topic of information, we here at the station have received angry complaints from viewers due to our uh segment in the last episode. The first complaint comes from the fact that we said that we don't know anything about the underworlders which I will admit, is only partially false. After all, a child who was just born will not know of the underworlders below us, the humans. Saying we all know would be a sweeping generalization and would not take into account the fact that there are people who do not know about humans. People who look upwards, for example. The second complaint comes from telling of the measure of time of humans. More specifically, the use of the word day and year. You made everything more complicated than it needed to be, several viewers out there wrote. You could have just said that their day is always a factor of the standard base equation, and that their year was a multiple of the interceptacle formula. You could have also specified that our clockwork, varying on the place we are, ranges from half their day to one of their weeks. And yes... I could have said that. But note the word could, viewers. This is a radio station operated by Shepherd's Crook. No matter how inept I am, I am the voice of the crook. And if I do desire to spout nonsense so that I may finally get fired, I am allowed to. The third complaint. Well, it's more of a suggestion. It says... Do not talk about the Underworlders. Why would you talk about something so basic? You're wasting your breath. Do not talk about them. To this I say, I get to decide what to use my breath on, and if I decide to waste it, it's really none of your business. There will still be uh segments, as I find them incredibly satisfying. For example, did you know that humans made roller coasters, you know, the structures that twirl and spin humans around, to distract themselves from sin? It happened in the year 1880s, um, 1880s? Okay, forget the year. Human measurements are rather bogus, especially for time. But, okay, this man, Lamarcus Thompson, introduced roller coasters to try and substitute him seedier pastimes for wholesome fun. Anyways, that's the end of this week's uh segment. Another complaint many of you had after the last broadcast was the fact that if I lied about the uh segment, then obviously I was not a trustworthy narrator. I assure you, I was telling the truth, if in a roundabout way. Unfortunately, 
some of you did not believe me. And thus, when it came to speak about the scientists from a place we do not know about, you thought I was also lying. Uh, to be clear, I was not lying. When the moronic Celia Thompson came up, she brought along a creature from the place she was trapped, a place she got to by falling through a wormhole. Robert, our dear... I mean, I suppose the word would be deputy, though that does not really encompass what he does, placed this intruder in prison and has questioned him. The results, for now, are kept secret, as Robert is the paranoid person that we somehow elected to be in charge of these matters. Now, before we carry on with current news, it is necessary for me to pass along a couple of messages. One, to the other radio stations. Seriously, stop it. It's annoying. Like, I managed to listen back to the previous episode and... Boy, you screwed it up. We do not only record the cuteness of Cynthia Jones' Cloud Cats. By the way, Oscar right now is in first place in that contest, followed by Hortensia. Mine led a stunning defeat after his sickness. You think you can pick on us just because we don't have a large platform, and you think that makes you tough, but it only makes you an a-hole. Two, to Celia Thompson. Yes, I messed up your name on the air. I thought you didn't want the city to know your identity. I was being kind, okay? Do you want me to reveal your identity, who you really are? Thought not. Also, you owe me a nickel and get your cute but incredibly stupid cloud cats out of my house. Three, to the scientist, if you can hear this. Bruh! Bruh! I get it. You probably thought we were interesting. I can see that. We have marks, and the poor creatures where you live, including your wretched self, don't have marks. It must have been extraordinary to see one. But seriously, did you not consider that Celia is a living being? True, I would probably tie her up and weigh her down to the oceans, but that's because I have beef with her. I know her. You, however did not. And judging a person you don't even know? Tut, tut. Four, to the viewers who thought I was lying. Deal with it, honestly. You get lied to on a daily basis and from far more serious and official departments than I. You just never realize it and you think you're oh so righteous for calling out the petty things that don't even matter and not the actual issue. What are you talking about? I'm not salty, EJ. Jay, in all the years that you've known me, have I ever been upset with the system and complained about it? Have I ever been despondent about the way the world is working and the fact that I can't do anything to fix it, no matter how hard I try? Well, duh, I have. But those were rhetorical questions. And lastly, five. To all the people who donated their screams to the recycling facility, you are very appreciated and please keep donating, as not only does it help with official matters, but it's very fun to unleash them upon unsuspecting beings and watch them squirm. If any of you wish to see which person is frightened by your scream, you can dial the recycling facility and they will send you a video. The traffic department also thinks you, but could you keep your screams a bit more quiet? Because they can still hear them. It's getting confusing, you know? 
to head in a direction and then realize that it's not what you're looking for. If needed, you can always install more soundproof walls. Not like that will prevent those who you really want to keep from eavesdropping from eavesdropping, but hey, it makes the traffic wranglers' lives easier. Oh, one last thing before we progress to the news. The weather. Who's there? That's what the child says as they cower behind their chair. Who's there is what they ask, fear trembling in their voice, because they know that monsters don't stay in the closets and under the beds. They know the real monsters take many forms, hiding in plain sight on the streets, their lust for blood the only thing that marks them depart. They know that the eyes in the dark are not of their imagination, as the adults always say. And they know that the adults are too their own kind of monster. Who's there is what they manage to say, even as the monsters approach. Who's there? Who's there? Who's? And that was the weather. Now, on to the news. The majority of the people who have fallen have made their way up. A select few, including Yulin Nilloy, Amanda Larstov, and Ryun De Iero, have not. If any of these individuals are your loved ones, or someone you know, just presume them dead. Then, when they come back up, it'll be a pleasant surprise, and when they don't, you can mourn in peace. The station has a more complete list of the people still down, and the only reason the entire list is not going to be read is because it'll take us an estimated 15 minutes to go through, even if I talk quickly. According to most of the survivors, um, I mean, uh, people who came back up, uh, <laughs> there was a slight delay as it was dark when they fell and, you know, what all, what happens to us all when it gets dark. This includes most of the cooks from the south side, but due to their recent experiences, it has been decreed that the feast will be pushed back to clockwork or so more so they can recover. If you have any complaints about that, do not send it to Shepherd's Crook. Like, please. We are the messengers in this situation. A one-way messenger. You have complaints? Talk to the cooks! They lead the feast. The crook is made up of radio people, not cooking people. There have been little to no updates on the creature called a scientist. Well, see, I don't know if that's its name, or its species, or something else like an occupation. I feel like maybe it's a kind of doctor. Anyways, Robert has told me that it's presently too terrified, and he seems to be kind of worried. I honestly have the same feeling. I listened to its heart, because I have a degree in medicine, and the thing was beating so freaking fast that I was surprised that the creature just, like, didn't implode right then. Robert is presently working out a solution to the problem, whilst everyone in the building is groaning and covering their ears. I'm not sure if you've heard it, viewers, as the building's walls are virtually soundproof, but the creature screams all day and night. Like, I thought it was bad when it screamed on the way to the station, but apparently it was just getting started. Celia is also being questioned as to the nature of the place she was trapped in. 
She said that she behaved respectfully and was kind to the creatures, but then the dark came and she did the you-know-what. Then the creatures freaked like heck, and though she was being the most respectful and patient as one could under the circumstances, they chained her up and treated her like an experiment. Now, viewers, it is necessary to take anything when it comes to first-hand accounts with a grain of salt, but especially so when it comes to a dirty liar like Celia Thompson, who managed to contact me after all these years regarding her name, yet still fails to give me what she owes me. <sighs> ah. Now, uh, Ash is making their face at me, like, if you don't stop speaking right now, I will ser seriously kill you. Well, what are you gonna do, Ash? Open the door? Oh. <laughs> That's exactly what you're doing. <laughs> well, viewers, I will, uh, take you to a commercial break now, as it seems I may not be back for, uh, some time. So, I don't get to resign, but I do get some helpful, actually, to avoid making matters worse, I, I won't tell you. Ha! Huh. Shoot. Should I have told you that? Uh, no, no, I shouldn't have. Um, viewers? Do me a favor and for, forget the last few sentences, and right after you forget those, forget this one too. Thanks. <clears throat> it seems that the dark hour is coming early this night, viewers. As the dark transforms you and you lay to sleep, do not forget all that you need to do tomorrow. It is a work day, after all, and yes, we all hate work days but is necessary for the keeping of our society. With those thoughts running through your heads, the only things that prevent you from taking an otherwise forgetful form. Sweet dreams, viewers. Sweet dreams. Dictation number 37, isolation, is a chance to clear the mind and remember the values of loyalty. Citizens of Dark Below the Bluffs, this is your government radio. Citizens, as you may well have noticed, all of the trees in Dark Below the Bluffs seem to have vanished. They were there, emitting their usual soft orange glow that dimly lights our town, but now they are not. This sudden lack of illumination is causing panic and pandemonium, 
as now there is total darkness around us and people cannot see their own hands in front of their faces. Our government would like to insist that we remain calm. Remain calm. Return to your houses, dash to your beds, and cower under the covers until you can see the trees light again. We will find them. They cannot have gone far, right? The president of the Republic of Squirrels has denied any knowledge of this phenomenon, and I'm sorry, but I just can't focus, citizens. I hate to break from the news like this, especially news as vital as our sole source of light vanishing, but it's been ages, ages since I have eaten, ages since I have drunk, ages since I have heard another voice. Citizens, as you all know, I, like you, have full trust in our government, but I'm not sure how much longer I can hold on. I've tried everything. I'm pacing, screaming, begging, crying, hatching every single dictation, all 5,000 into the wall with my fingernails. Citizens, I'm reaching the end of my tether. I, I don't know what else to... Okay, okay, okay. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. Ignore the voices. Focus on the news. <clears throat> As I was saying... The president of the Republic of Squirrels has denied any knowledge of the vanished trees. The government turned to the scientists for a solution, only to discover that the scientists seem to have disappeared along with the trees. In fact, everything has vanished. Absolutely nothing can be seen in this absolute darkness. At least that's what I'm told. The station, strangely, remains well lit. God, I bet it was Frank who caused this. It must have been him, spewing his revolutionary nonsense. Hey, hey, I believe none of it! None of it! Please come get me! Please! I promise I'd never listen to Frank! Please! This is a pre-recorded message for when I freak and need a moment. A barren field of parched yellow wheat. A round, boiling sun in a pale blue sky. Not a cloud. Not a breath of wind, not a sound. A single scarecrow stands alone, his stitched smile unwavering, his button eyes unmoving. Above him, a flock of crows circle in the lonely sky, black as a starless night. More and more gather, circling in the air above the scarecrow, a dark void, all dry feathers and sharp beaks and beady eyes. They, too, are silent. Then, as one, the crows let out a single blood-curdling screech and descend, alighting upon the scarecrow and begin to peck and claw and tear and ravage silently at the scarecrow's flesh. And the scarecrow begins to bleed. End of pre-recorded message. Phew! I am sorry about that, citizens. That was highly unprofessional of me. Gosh, here I am. Behaving like I've never been in prison before. Ha! Okay, let's see here. And yep, still nothing in sight. Impenetrable darkness still reigns in dark below the bluffs. It's really a shame that flashlights were declared imaginary last month. They could have been very useful right now. Well, at least the station is still... Crap. Well, citizens... Appears I'm in the same boat as you now, the lights here just all cut out simultaneously. Which is a problem, because I now cannot read incoming news. So, how to fill the time? Hmm. Oh, 
Oh, I know. Let's let's do the segment random thoughts from your radio host because there is nothing else to do. I just made it up. Um, imagine, if you will, a radio station eerily similar to this one, but in the sky. Reporting the news on a city almost like this one, but in the sky. In the clouds. They look down from their mighty perch, observing, questioning, rarely understanding. Their town is not neatly run like ours. Theirs is all chaos and free will. The city, positioned as it is in the clouds, stays mostly in the same spot, but drifts occasionally, and holes appear, and citizens of the city fall through. And this city floats above us. <laughs> oh, oh, oh boy, the things I think up, citizens, the things I think up. A city between the clouds, indeed. Oh, well, thank you. I have just received a news update written in a strange glowing ink. Apparently, the police managed to find some non-imaginary flashlights and are sweeping the city, searching for the trees and scientists. They apparently had to use the station's power to charge the flashlights, and that's why all the lights went out. So, while the police are searching for the elusive trees and scientists, I am to bring you to the- Okay, you know what? We don't have any weather. We do not have any frickin' traffic either, okay? I don't know who keeps putting them in here, but I am sick of it. I'm sick of this. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe Frank was right. Because I'm sure is feeling a lot like rebellion right now. You hear me? I said, maybe Frank was right. Maybe it's time to... Oh, there's, well, there's a sound of keys at the door. That's what it took, huh? Yeah, you heard me. You cannot just... Oh, my, that's a, that's a big syringe. Don't, don't you dare come near me with that thing. No, citizens, I have good news. The police have found both the trees and the scientists. It seems that the scientists were hit with a sudden revelation and had to temporarily borrow the trees for their experiment. Those scientists. They will, of course, be detained for a considerable amount of time in the state dungeons for causing such a pandemonium and for such unimaginable disregard for the government. Imagine, who would even consider such a thing? Our government has only ever strived to serve and protect us, and we owe them our total obedience. In this way, our glorious city will run smoothly and efficiently. Citizens, the trees are back in their usual places, lighting our town once more with their wonderful soft orange glow. The government has decreed that you, citizens, are once again free to go about your daily business, relatively free of arrest. And on that glorious note, citizens of the once again lit and functioning dark below the bluffs, stay safe. <laughs>